I feel like establishing my own like new persona as the manager of GNC. Uh, that's my new job that I just started, and I don't know my old job. Everybody just knew me as Shazam, like I am. But I want to, I want a different persona. That's like the old ways. You gotta like, give it up, like the Pirate King of GNC. Like <laughs> you got. Are this be me buried treasure, my most valuable possessions. I got my protein shaker cup. I've got my protein powder. I've got my fish oil. I've got my multivitamins. I've got my probiotics. Argh, this is my most valuable. It probably because if you think about the money that it would cost you to buy that stuff, it would be <laughs> thousands of dollars inside of that. Have to steal from somebody. A dragon's hoard of gold to buy this whey protein because it's organic, baby. If you drink all the protein, you'll need the probiotics because it'll help you digest them so you don't... My favorite thing about being a kid, uh, when I say a kid, like 17, 18, you know, getting into the idea of protein and stuff... Uh, my favorite thing was always the protein farts, and man, did I have some music. I was the victim to assault for years <laughs> and years, and I never went to the police. It was, you know, it was just a side effect, you know, just because technically, if your body doesn't digest all of that stuff that you're putting into it, it sits in there and ferments. So that's the booty part of your new persona. Yeah. I do have a suggestion for you that goes along with that. Arg! Since I've had a massive <laughs> uptick in spicy water or sparkling water to the layman, I have noticed a substantial uptick to the gaseous expulsions from my rectum. <laughs> so if you combine all the new proteins that you are ingesting with the spicy water, you would be a human weapon. Arg, we call this energy drink cannon fodder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you would be the rebirth of the fart weaver. <laughs> your butthole would be a blunderbuss. Arg, come get your cannon fodder today. <laughs> Only a GMC. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Dane Holland, and pick a card, any card. Is this your card? Wait, if this isn't your card, then... I'm Austin Shazam Pfeiffer, and can he really feed them anything? I am Marcus, the Plutonian, known as I'm Electric Man. I'm Austin Tiny Zent, and this one's for you. Me? No. <sighs> well, be ready to... Have a disappointed me on this episode of Nerd It Through the Grapevine, the podcast where four best friends gather weekly to talk about our favorite parts of past, present, and future nerd culture. And this week, we're going to start off by speaking about the fact that 2022 will be the year without baseball. It's looking like it. and Not even disappointed, to be honest with you. The thing about baseball is I'm not really that into it until I am. In my childhood, I was into baseball because my dad was into baseball, and of course the Atlanta Braves were his team, and my mom absolutely loves the Braves, so that's kind of been a thing. And then I've got this friend who briefly in time decided that he was going to get me excited about the Braves, and then I got to see him cuss in public at a Buffalo Wild Wings when an infield fly rule got called between the Cardinals and the Braves. And the ball landed directly in the outfield. Sounds like a pretty cool friend. I don't yeah. know what any of that means. I was the same person to another friend. And <laughs> he, he's, we're in Buffalo Wild Wings. We're just having some food and watching this game, and it's just a game, and yeah, it's intense. And th that happens, and I see it, and they make the call. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then it's, I just, I look at him, and then I'm like, that landed in the outfield. <laughs> Actually, I was at that game. He was at the game, I was at and, that game, and I was the one yelling in a Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, and the, the baseball can spark that kind of reaction with people because then you know, going into the World Series this last year with the Braves, you know, Marcus and Dane were here at the house watching the game on the TV, and 
it was it was actually very exciting you know i'm not i didn't really i'm not into baseball that much but just the energy that it brings along with watching the game with fans you oh. you want to be with other fans watching the game i watched three to five minutes of it so don't disclude me from the group <laughs> tiny i didn't mean that you weren't here with us in spirit i just no, no. meant i physically <laughs> was here for three to five minutes of the game and i was like eh. I don't get it. Whatever. There's no way you can silently enter or exit my house. No. He was here because he was asking yeah. baseball questions. He was yeah. asking baseball questions. I forgot all yeah. about that. See. Yep. So, I mean, <laughs> me just getting into me just getting into baseball and getting excited about it, and then of course the Atlanta Braves. You know, and this year they had a different manager than whenever I watched them previously with you. Snit. He is the new guy. But he's been involved with the team for a long, long time. Correct. He just took over the role for the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Mr. Bobby Cox. Absolutely. Now, a lot of people know Bobby Cox from his accomplishments. On that one particular website with the black and yellow borders? <laughs> Different spelling. Same aggressiveness, though. <laughs> okay. But but honestly, here's here's a little figure for you because I've done some mathing for you today. Thank you so much. Did you know that if you just stuck with the base level for fines that a major league baseball player can get for being thrown out of a game, you're left with five hundred dollars. That's what your fine would be if it, they decide to fine you at all. You no, know, I did not know that. That's so it. Minimum, yeah, minimum. It's five hundred. Oh, but minimum, minimum is five hundred dollars. Okay. So if Bobby Cox was to have paid just the minimum for the time that he got thrown out of games, he would have owed $81,000 because that man is the all-time record holder. And I'm, I'm going to say not going to be beaten at this because I, you know there's two other people underneath him. Honestly, yeah, it probably won't be, especially if they continue to do uh, replay. Yes, so they've got, uh, you know, Bobby Cox is number one out of anybody in baseball to get thrown out of baseball games. 162 times he's been thrown out. Uh, the That's next, absurd. It's just one, a, such a dumb number, and I love it. 162 <laughs> times. Uh, the next one uh, under him is John McGraw, and he had 121 times being thrown out now let me get hold you hold on got a question continue so just to put this in some perspective for the non-sports ball stick ball people out there how many games a year do these people 162 so he basically got kicked out for an entire season exactly if yeah. it okay <laughs> that 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 puts it into a perspective but that's yeah. in a long long career well yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. but I mean, but it it's is cool. Kinda, no, it's a cool it's thing. poetic. Yeah, yeah it kind of is. I mean, like if you're only playing like ten games a year, you know what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? It, yeah. It, I wish you could compile all the 162 of those games. Now here is here's the interesting factoid about the list, though. The top three, you've got two guys, John McGraw, and let me look up Leo's last name because I can't pronounce it very well. Mazzoni? Leo Durocher. Capicola. Durocher. Durocher. His family in the medieval times were, were roach and uh, roach exterminators. It could be DeRocher. I don't he know. He comes from a long line of DeRochers. It could be DeRocher. It doesn't have an asterisk. But these guys played in the early 1900s baseball leagues. Like they played back in the days of like people getting in like total fist fights and just like absolutely <laughs> yes. like you you part time were a professional boxer and then also like to swing a stick sometimes like these guys got thrown out of games back in those days and accumulated those numbers yeah, those That's are the why, days where they'd have packs of cigarettes rolled up in their sleeves exactly and, yeah. yeah like and those numbers can't be beaten by the next standards because the next one even close to that is going to be standing at 96 and that's a long way to go, you know? And that person has re retired a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And died. So there's nobody even next to close to getting up there to the top of that list. And see, like what Mar Marcus was mentioning, the replay in baseball now is causing coaches to wait for their reaction 
until the tape is watched of the play that they're fixing to go out on the field and go crazy about arguing. They can just take up a telephone, call up to the top of the box and be like, hey, watch this replay. Do we need to challenge this? And it's just, it's very technical now to where before replay, it was, okay, somebody just threw us out at second base, but obviously we were safe. I'm going to lose my mind. And Bobby's whole concept was just to back up his players. He was there to be thrown out instead of his players because somebody had to back him up. And Bobby Cox did, he he did set another record that uh, was held in, uh, in 1996 uh, when it was game six of the World Series, and he was thrown out of that game because the player slid into second base, then got tagged. Umpire says, out. Bobby says, <laughs> he goes into full-blown two arms out, and you, you try to look it up. Like, I want to know. I want to know what symphony of profanity is coming out <laughs> of that man's mouth. And uh, the closest thing that I could find to it is a guy on Reddit that does like transcriptions and stuff of speeches and everything else. And he said, there's not enough audio to see what's going to happen here. But if you read the lips, he basically just says Fuck, until they point to the door. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, Bobby, that's 14 in a row. You're out of it. <laughs> There's nothing better than uh, a good, like you said, like you so eloquently put it, a symphony of uh, curse words. I mean, and he, th- he would throw helmets. Uh, From and- old baseball managers. There's yep. actually this guy called Wally Backman. Uh, he's got some legendary YouTube videos of like minor league baseball. And he he's just so funny when he goes out there. And, you know, because like the whole concept is like you're going out there to argue for your players because like the ump decide the strike zone. The umps decide a lot about that. And you're there putting pressure on the ump and keeping your players from getting thrown out of the game and- too because – yeah, You're and, doing the arguing for them. And Bobby did that once. Uh, one of the major ones that he had gotten thrown out for was uh, Brian McCann was just talking. He wasn't even raising his voice, not having any negative body language. He was literally just expressing his opinion, and the umpire took it as disrespectful, and he was being threatening towards him. And you can see McCann then start to spur that reaction that the ump was accusing him of, and then... Here comes Bobby. <laughs> of course. Because oh, yeah. Bobby's like, no, he's not getting pissed. I'm getting pissed. He's not the mad one. I'm the mad one. He starts like smacking his chest and pointing at his chest. And he's just well, here's <laughs> another like thing. my dad. It's my same way my dad gets mad. And it's amazing. Here's another thing. At the height of Bobby's managerial career, he would have had those big three pitchers, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, and uh, Greg, Greg Maddox. Maddox. And these, all three of these pitchers are known, especially Maddox and Glavin, are known for getting strikes six inches off the plate so it's like but you know you could you could argue that that's bobby cox because the umpire behind home plate knows like that's where bobby likes it if you don't give him that then he's gonna be out here in your face yeah mm-hmm. did one of them have sprite maybe one dr pepper what are you talking maybe about we want some coca-cola well we're in these pictures oh my god damn it why couldn't it have been pitchers of beers? I know. It would be so tasty. Delicious. <laughs> uh, there, was a, there was a nice little um, a Reddit, th- a Reddit stream from, it was years ago, but I, I try to go into very quick, very rapid deep dives of the internet, and I end up in places. And there was a Today I Learned from eight years ago on Reddit. And it said, Today I Learned, Bobby Cox once told a player following their ejections, go have a couple of cold beers and get in the cold tub or relax, or something. Then you'll probably have to write a $500 check. Or you can do what I do and write them a $10,000 check and let them know, hey, just let me know when it runs out. (laughs) That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Because apparently, as offenses go, fines get worse. Oh, yeah. So it's not only that, but suspensions can get worse as well, mm-hmm. unless maybe you're wanting to just pay more of a fine. Being a repeat offender. So imagine the money that was recyclable <laughs> from Bobby Cox's temper. It was awesome because he also, like, he had a lot of faith in his coaching staff as well because he knew 
he was not going to make it through the rest of that game if he goes out on the field. Like, I mean, it's it's his if thing. he goes out there, he's ready to get thrown out of the yeah. game. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't expect to go back into the dugout. He's expecting to go back to the clubhouse and like watch the game from on a TV in there. Yeah, but he trusted his coaching staff well enough to take care of the rest of the game if this happens. And again, like he was protecting his players too because like if it's the fourth inning and Maddox gets you know thrown out of the ball game like we don't have a plan for that like we got to trust the bullpen but Bobby will make sure to get in there and say no I'll get out of here and we'll just have the assistant the 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 assistant coach take over Mm -hmm. I actually had a coach in high school get thrown out of the game on purpose because in high school it's not like it is in the big leagues you know that it actually is like they'll find you and you know stuff like that yeah uh but and you're a high school teacher you know this is it's kind of stupid, but anyway, uh, but a lot of times it will like give this new uh, like a rally in the dugout. Like people start getting more emotional and you get pumped up. You know, you want to win it's because a, your coach got thrown out and the umps are against you. It's an, yeah. it's so an it, adrenaline it, it rush. It kind of, you know, gels you together sometimes. It, it gives you like, and even though it's not somebody really being your enemy, it gives you like a drive. It gives yeah. you that fight or flight to where you're going to push against adversity yeah. and try to succeed. It's about exactly. drive. It's about power. We, we stay, stay hungry, hungry we, we devour. devour. <laughs> also, I have a couple of really dumb questions. Please, I want to hear. I want to hear. Okay, number one. Go. Was this guy a player or was no, he coach. just a coach? No, I think coach. he did play he played before he, he coached. He, he, okay. did, he did play. He wasn't the best player. Okay, no, second was, question. Is this man dead or is he still alive? He's still alive. Actually still alive yeah. Okay, he's third just question. Okay, you just answered that. He's retired. Okay, I was just trying to get a time frame he and can't, figure out he who this man is. He retired in like 2011 or like... 2010 something okay. like that yeah because in my head the whole time you were talking i was picturing like babe ruth times no but the and thing I just was the thing is sure. and i can't remember which one of the two it was because i'm not opening up my phone and trying to dive back into the internet again my eyes hurt but uh it was either leo or the other guy but one of the times that they got thrown out was for literally burning an umpire with a cigarette <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard that one. <laughs> That's great. Well, but because I mean, you don't you hear about the glory days, you think about the glory moments. You don't think about the fact that people are out there just just kind of scuzzing it up sometimes. I mean, you used to just drink beer, smoke cigarettes, oh. scratch your balls and swing a bat. I mean, that was baseball. <laughs> you know, watch League of Their Own, guys. That was be a quick example. Maybe this is what we'll get once the strike is over. Or go watch Wally Backman on YouTube. That's so that's hilarious. Isn't that a video game where the thing just goes wow 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 wow? That would be Pac Man. I get a strike because baseball. And I came out swinging today for that topic. And you did a touchdown. We're gonna slide right into second. Marcus loved my pun with some shuffle. Stuff. Yay! Yay. I want us to create, gentlemen. We need to create. We're a bunch of we're a bunch of imaginative, creative people, and we're gonna do shuffle stuff. For those of you who have not joined us for shuffle stuff in the past, I've taken a deck of cards. I've separated them by suit. So we have four stacks of cards. I shuffle them and I have four different categories, and those categories are characters slash actors. Genre, setting, and plot point. And we're going to create our own movie or situation or show or something. Some type of media to where these characters are in these situations. And we just want to see where our brains take us on this journey. So first up is the deck of hearts, which will be the character slash actor. We like to pick two because we need interaction. Austin. I picked two from the deck of hearts because of character interaction. I picked two from the deck of hearts as Mario Sam. What do you have? Wow! I have an ace of hearts. Okay. okay. And a five of hearts. Ace of hearts. Voldemort. Five of hearts. Dora the Explorer. Yes! <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> so try to be figuring out what these two characters are doing with one another. Adventuring. She uh, ate his nose and said, Mucho delicioso. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, next we got to pick the genre. So I got to go over to the deck of diamonds. Tiny. Got got your nose, Valdi. This one, this card that I hold in my hand is the 10 of diamonds. 
Oh no! Oh yeah, baby! It's a horror. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is gonna get good. <laughs> I'm so. I was in my be, head. I was like, please yes, let it be horror. Voldemort is being haunted by Dora the Explorer. Yes. We got to figure out the setting first. We got to take the deck of clubs, oh, Marcus. He has got one card. The four of clubs. The four of clubs. We're on a cruise ship. <laughs> We're on a haunted cruise ship with he who shall not be named and she who <laughs> shall <laughs> not <laughs> be named. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Voldemort is in there. He's on. Okay, so this cruise ship. No, no, no. Hold on. Oh, oh, God. We got to do it. We got to pick one. Plot we point. still have the spades. We got to pick one plot point. I'm so hurt. And then we can get the ball rolling. And as we know from our past, we got to find a way to not get too crazy <laughs> to where it makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. Give me Brennan Fraser in a field of corn. <laughs> Give me it with go karts. Uh, I think that was reimagined movies, wasn't that? Reimagined was, movies. Was. That was that was Marcus's version of this game. Jack. Of spades. I'll never let go, Jack. Oh, I was thinking Jack Sparrow. The Jack of Spades. Is they found a baby. (laughs) There is a... Okay, I will Uh, reiterate. Okay. We have to make a movie where there is a found baby on a haunted cruise ship or a cruise ship with something going on horror related that involves Dora the Explorer and he who shall not be named Voldemort. Can I have mouth vomit now? You may have mouth vomit. Everyone get your buckets ready, and we'll pick out pieces of that and figure out something from it. Well, I've got a bucket. <laughs> and the spirit of the Arkansas bucket trap combined with the Cincinnati strainer to go along with it, uh, you're going to have... Dora's not a part of the main picture because Voldemort has this... He has this crazy cruise ship wreckage just surrounded with all the souls of the dead people that died upon it which was one of his sacrifices that he made for some very strong magic before he was taken down as the dark one the first time so like his slut cruxes or whatever they're called <laughs> yes yes his 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 horror his horror crackies and so <laughs> he i hate that i love it <laughs> He so he's on this cruise ship and he's accustomed to the to the moans and the cries of the dead. Gross. <laughs> Secretly, in another universe, Dora the Explorer is running through the woods, being followed by her best friend Diego. Come on, Diego! Look at this glowing blue ring in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> His monkey boots there. Can you believe Mysterioso? Say Mysterioso. <laughs> she steps. She steps through the portal and it closes behind her. All of a sudden, she's on this ship. Cutting her off from Diego. Cutting her off. She is alone. She's alone on this ship. She has the map and backpack with her. Map and backpack are always there. What about monkey boots? Monkey boots got left behind because... No! But, so she's... Okay, so that's where we can start off. You can can build it from there. She is on this ship now with Voldemort since she's got sucked into this alternate universe, what's their interactions going to be like? I think one of the first horrific moments that happens is, is she gets real excited. She's just gone through a portal. She's in a new place. She gets the map. I'm sure there's a song for map. It's probably I'm just... I'm the map, map, I'm the 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 map. That's the song? That's the song. That's wonderful. This place sure is scary, man. What are we going to do while we're here in this scary world, map? Backpack! <laughs> Backpack! <laughs> Meanwhile, so, she takes out map because I'm the map. I'm the map. <laughs> she goes, let's see where we are, and holds it in front of the TV. Nothing. Map is blank. It is a white sheet of paper. There is not a single thing on it except for one little arrow that says you are here (laughs) in the middle of a void. And then she gets a little nervous, a little tremble in her voice when she goes, Oh, that's a fun Mysterioso. (laughs) Can you say Mysterioso? And then her backpack suddenly doesn't talk. Because it's just a backpack now. And her, <laughs> and her map doesn't talk. Well, as we all know, no one has 
nor will ever have a map to the land of the dead, which is obviously where she is. Yep. <laughs> because at this point in the timeline, Voldemort is dead. All of his slut cruxes have been destroyed. <laughs> so he, his cruise ship was his voyage into the afterlife, and it hit some something like an iceberg, and it crashes. And then she has appeared, obviously, in this land of the dead. And the backpack no longer talks. Monkey boots is gone. She finds a skeleton of a monkey wearing these rotten boots. <laughs> oh, no. So yes. it leads her to believe that this is where she's always been, but it's decidedly other. She's in a place that I like to call the shadow zone. And if you know the reference, good on you, buddy. <laughs> I, I okay, what about the baby? Okay, so here's the here's the kick with the baby. Don't kick the baby. Rule number one. This is this is what my brain did whenever I heard, when I heard the baby scenario have to happen. Dora tries to make contact with this other person on the boat, which is Voldemort. Yes, she can't make contact with him. She can't speak to him. But exactly. The baby can, but Dora, as as she does, baby's a conduit. As she as she does, Dora explores. Of course, she's she going she to explore us. She's going to go. She's a cool. She's a super cool explorer, Dora. So, oh yeah. What she does is she has to explore this ship, and it turns out the it's trapped in that animated time you know like of death of just like this absolute torture and just like it's of course there was a baby that died upon like aboard that cruise ship that's there suspended in time a ghost baby so what does dora do dora goes to the baby and she tries to touch the baby you can't no, no. touch ghost no no baby. we don't touch kids you can't touch ghost baby <laughs> Oh, Dora is sucked inside of the baby. Gross. And Dora is now in control of a baby's body. <laughs> so instead of a ghost baby possessing Dora, Dora has possessed ghost baby. See, which will have the trust of Voldemort. Yes. By approaching him, it will not seem threatening. And the first thing it does is walk up to him and say, Hola! <laughs> Mi ama Dora! This leads me to an interesting question. As we all know, if you go to touch a spirit, they feel like cold air. Yes. So if a if a a corporeal form possesses the incorporeal and you go to lay a hand upon them, would they feel like jello? I would imagine that they would feel Would it be like a thick ghost? Have you ever <laughs> have you ever turned the vacuum on and just to see how strong the vacuum suction was, you stick it to your face? I will neither confirm nor deny. I was just cleaning I would, my room. I would, I would imagine that it would be the same feeling as it would be touching that space inside of the vacuum tube and with your face. All like I'm just is who locks the door when they're cleaning their room, Tiny? I don't want to be disturbed right. because if I'm disturbed, I'll be distracted and I won't finish. I don't know any. <laughs> I don't know anybody that vacuums with just one sock on. Or I will tell you. Or even worse, will lock eyes while I finish. <laughs> So we have a thick ghost, but it's a thick baby ghost possessed by a Mexican child. So it's like a Kardashian baby ghost. In the whole movie, Voldemort's not even seen the whole time. He's just mad at everything that's going on. He's just so furious. And at the very end, you just see him. And then ghost thick Mexican baby walks around the corner. And Voldemort just goes, what the f***? And then she snaps back. She snaps back to her time. Because she spooked the one who may not be spooked. I just, you know... Thick Mexican baby space ghost. Thick Mexican baby space ghost. <laughs> Featuring Voldemort. Would the thick baby space ghost be like, like seven year old size? <laughs> no, but it'd have the. <laughs> 
<laughs> it would be automatically changed to the proportions of Dora <laughs> wearing dilapidated clothes from the 1940s. I want the diaper to come alive. Like instead of backpack or map, now it's all of a sudden diaper. Oh, diaper! <laughs> Shit or no shitting. Oh, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is how shuffle stuff is done. <laughs> Can you say delicioso? <laughs> I want none of that beef stew. See, the whole time I thought it was just uh, Voldemort getting severely annoyed by Dora the Explorer, which is how my always my experience. I really always hated that show. Oh, you need to watch the movie, the could, live action doubtful. movie. Yeah, I don't think so. The books times. were the best. Have you seen Diego? <laughs> I have sent you a text. If oh, you would like to follow along, I you don't would need love to. to follow along. You sent me one personally? Yep. Thank All right. You. Oh, jeez. Yes. My phone will not unlock. Okay, don't I wait. Own. You got to wait for so me. You know. And honestly, I kind of just wanted to start. Just go. What new element before us unborn in nature? Is there a new thing under the sun? At last, Inquisitive Whitman, a modern epic, detonative, scientific theme, first pinned unmindful by Dr. Seaborg with poisonous hand, named for death's planet, through the sea beyond Uranus whose chthonic ore fathers this magma-tiered lord of Hades, sire of avenging furies, billionaire hell-king worshipped once, with black sheep throats cut, priests' faces averted from underground mysteries in single temple at Ulysses. Spring-green Persephone nuptialed to his inevitable shade, Demeter, mother of Asphodel, weeping dew, her daughter stored in salty caverns under white snow, Black hail, gray winter rain, or polar ice, immemorable seasons before fish flew in heaven, before a ram died by the starry bush, before the bulls stamped sky and earth, or twins inscribed their memories in clay or crabbed flood, washed memory from the skull, or lions sniffed the lilac breeze in Eden, before the great year began turning its twelve signs, air constellations wheeled for twenty-four thousand sunny years, slowly round their axis in Sagittarius, 167,000 times returning to this night. Radioactive nemesis, were you there at the beginning? Black, dumb, tongueless, unsmelling blast of dissolution. I manifest your baptismal word after four billion years. I guess your birthday in earthling night. I salute your dreadful presence, last majestic as the gods. Sabbat, Jehovah, Astaphaeus, Adonais, Elohim, Eau, Ealdeboth. Aeon from Aeon, born ignorant in an abyss of light. Sophia's reflections glittering through galaxies, whirlpools of star spume silver thin as hairs of Einstein. Father Whitman, I celebrate a matter that renders self-oblivion. Grand subject that annihilates inky hands and pages, prayers, old orators, inspired immortalities. I begin your chant, open-mouthed, exhaling into spacious sky over silent mills at Hanford, Savannah River, Rocky Flats, Pentex, Burlington, Albuquerque. I yell through Washington, South Carolina, Colorado, Texas, Iowa, New Mexico, where nuclear reactors create a new thing under the sun, where Rockwell war plants fabricate this death stuff, trigger in nitrogen baths, hangar Silas Mason assembles the terrified weapon, secret by ten thousands and where Manzano Mountain boasts to store its dreadful decay through 240 millennia while our galaxy spirals around its nebulous core. I enter your secret places with my mind. I speak with your presence. I roar your lion roar with mortal mouth. One microgram inspired to one lung, ten pounds of heavy metal dust adrift slow motion over gray Alps, the breath of the planet. How long before your radiance speeds blight and death to sentient beings? Enter my body or not, I carol my spirit inside of you. Unapproachable weight, O oh heavy, heavy element awakened, I vocalize your consciousness to six worlds. I chant your absolute vanity. Yeah, monster of anger, O oh birth in fear, O oh most ignorant matter ever created, unnatural to earth. Delusion of metal empires, destroyer of lying scientists, devourer of covetous generals, incinerator of armies, and melter of wars. Judgment of judgments, divine wind over vengeful nations, molester of presidents, death scandal of capital politics. Ah, civilizations stupidly industrious. Canker hex on multitudes learned or illiterate. Manufactured specter of human reason, oh solidified, 
imago of practitioner in black arts i dare your reality i challenge your very being i publish your cause and effect i turn the wheel of mind on your 300 tons your name enters mankind's ear i embody your ultimate powers my oratory advances on your vaunted mystery this breath dispels your braggart fears i sing your form at last behind your concrete and iron walls inside your fortress of rubber and translucent silicon shields in filtered cabinets and baths of lathe oil my voice resounds through robot glove boxes and ingot cans and echoes in electric vaults inert of atmosphere i enter with spirit out loud into your fuel rod drums underground on soundless thrones and beds of lead oh density this weightless anthem trumpets transcendent through hidden chambers and breaks through iron doors into the infernal room over your dreadful vibration this measured harmony floats audible these jubilant tones are honey and milk and wine sweet water poured on the stone black floor these syllables are barley groats i scatter on the re reactor's core i call your name with hollow vowels i psalm your fate close by my breath near deathless ever at your side to spell your destiny i set this verse prophetic on your mausoleum walls to seal you up eternally with diamond truth O oh, doomed plutonium the bar surveys Plutonian history from midnight, lit with mercury vapor street lamps, till in dawn's early light he contemplates a tranquil politic, spaced out between nations, thought forms proliferating, bureaucratic and horrific armed. Satanic industries projected sudden with $500 billion strength. Around the world, same time, this text is set in Boulder, Colorado, before front range of Rocky Mountains, 12 miles north of Rocky Flats nuclear facility in the United States of North America. Western Hemisphere of planet Earth, six months and 14 days around our solar system in a spiral galaxy, the local year after dominion of the last god, 1978, complete, completed as yellow haze dawn, clouds brighten east, Denver City white below, blue sky transparent rising empty, deep and spacious to a morning star high over the balcony, above some autos sat with wheels to curb downhill from Flatiron's jagged pine ridge. Sunlit mountain meadows sloped to rust-red sandstone, cliffs above brick townhouse roofs, as sparrows waked whistling through marine street summer green leafed trees. This ode to you, O oh poets and orators to come. You, Father Whitman, as I join your side. You, Congress and American people. You, present meditators, spiritual friends and teachers. You, O oh master of the diamond arts. Take this wheel of syllables in hand these vowels, these consonants to breath's end. Take this inhalation of black poison to your heart. Breathe out this blessing from your breast on our creation. Forests, cities, oceans, deserts, rocky flats and mountains, in the ten directions, pacify with exhalation. Enrich this plutonian ode to explode its empty thunder through earthen thought worlds. Magnetize this howl with heartless compassion. Destroy this mountain of plutonium with ordinary mind and body speech. Thus empower this mind-guard spirit gone out, gone out, gone beyond, gone beyond me. Wake space. So... <sighs> oh my god. I've you, wanted to read that poem out loud for so long. Anyway, go great. ahead. Well, yeah. With some editing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so... Do so. Why have you wanted to read this for so long? Well, it's just one of my favorite poems. Yeah, and you know, sometimes if if you're like me and you kind of sometimes consume some news, things can seem really dreary. Things can seem really scary. I already have anxiety, but it's like, oh, I'm sorry. What is this about me sitting at your house the other night telling you we had enough nuclear warheads to destroy the world? <laughs> like. 80 something well, times and here's the I way it relates to nerd culture sometimes <laughs> it's fun to imagine yourself living in some sort of sci-fi fan you know uh scenario but then you realize the world you wake up actually into like and you're just like wow this is really really stupid this is so stupid that it kind of is mind-blowing and, and honestly this poem to me is is like that last kind of stanza or, or section kind of it's like a bomb it just goes off i don't know when the, from the first time i read it it always stuck with me uh you know just the language is explosive and detonative and the lists of gods and just i don't know it's just it's just so cool to me it's a poem called plutonian ode 
by Allen Ginsberg. And it was written during the time, like in 1978, when uh, you know all the world powers are like dumping all this money into this te- new technology. Arms race. Yeah. Yeah. So my reaction to this poem. Yes. Okay. So initially, anxiety. Just, just it's, it's dark. Yes. There's, there's so many words. There's a lot of words. Now, <laughs> I st- was now, struggling to chew on them. If- what really? Because like it, it's kind of anxiety inducing if you really start to listen to the meaning of the words and everything together. Here's where it disconnected me back to reality. This, this one little section. War plants fabricate this death stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Yeah. You use yeah. all these nice eloquent words and you go <laughs> death stuff. And I'm yeah. like, okay, this guy's a yeah, this guy's an so idiot. Unknown. I ain't worried about it's it. It's so new. It's so like well, well no, it, it's, words it's just the it. word stuff. It's just, it just stuff. It disconnected yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. I mean I get it. me back to reality. See, I, I never mean, had that. It was but. it was an interesting read yeah. slash listen. Yeah. Well, you I mean, know, you go I mean, from magma tiered lord. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Those are the yeah. kinds of phrases that catch my eye uh, to where I forgive stuff. You know, I'm like, okay, he used stuff. He was, you know, probably trying to have an attitude or, you know, because some of it, you know, could even almost sound like a commercial, like coming to you from Boulder, Colorado, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a lot of pontification sure, yeah. in various parts. Well, plus he was kind of like a hippie anyway, from what I know about him. I don't know all that much about him, but, uh, you know, you, a poet is like the hippies hippie. Like <laughs> yeah. they're too hippie for the hippies. So, yeah. you know, it's uh to me it's interesting. I'm not the biggest poetry. I mean, why not just set it to music and call it a song? You know, that would be an awesome metal song. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it would be an awesome metal song. Absolutely. But yeah, I don't know. It's it to me it just makes me feel better and it, like it's like the only thing I can do is read this thought bomb out loud and hope that it explodes in people's minds. Much like the poem is about, to me, that's what it's about. Is this is a, a you know, it's in trying to empower the human mind to somehow escape that kind of this that world, that sci-fi scenario that we were all born into. The death stuff, if you will, right? And, and also, I mean, just take into consideration that if you ever get worried about the fact that the world does have, you know, just so many active nuclear weapons that can still destroy us, you know, and you're worried about the idea that if they ever do decide to push one button, all those buttons are going against each other and the world's going to be destroyed. Just take into consideration that we can be killed by an asteroid flying through space at any moment. You know, it's it can be. But we would know about that, and we would be able to maybe try to do something about it. Or, but then they might not. You know, don't look up. Yeah, <laughs> Leo. or we can harvest the materials from it and then make trillions of dollars, and then fail at doing so and destroy the no world. Spoilers. Oh, I didn't say anything about where I found. Yeah, that out was the that, real world. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what. That's what could happen. Yeah. Well, Wait, any more? Go ahead. Well, I mean, life is so fragile anyway. That's kind of what I was gotten getting out of that. Like life's fragile, and it can all be taken away. Because I mean, you can literally drown in a bowl of cereal in the morning. You know, hell, Mama Cass choked on a tuna sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> Who? Uh, uh, sorry, the mamas yeah. and the papas. Well, I guess to me though, like that that sci-fi scenario that I won't even mention. You know, is to not be named. Much like Voldemort, uh, it's it's. It's probably my worst fear. And so, you know, I'm not trying to like freak out like I did a couple episodes ago or probably every episode, but <laughs> yeah, it's just, that's the only thing I can do is to like kind of read that. Cause to me, it's coming from the same perspective as I am as I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Why would we do this? This yeah. sounds like the worst idea. I celebrate a matter that renders self-oblivion grand subject that annihilates inky hands and pages. Like, that's like, I don't know. Like, yeah. see, when you first started reading it, I thought, see, knowing you, I was like, oh, this is a random random poem generator. Oh, but yeah. But then as we got a few lines like down into it, I was like, holy shit, these generators are getting real good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, how in the world? Uh, what is it? The uh, We've come and, a long way from yeah. sweet dreams on my foreskin. Yeah. <laughs> Which really? I still need to make, by the way. I'm just going to go ahead and go out on a limb here and say, if this does happen and we survive some kind of nuclear apocalypse... I am willing to eat and consume human flesh. Thank you. Because you know, I don't plan on surviving, and you may consume me. Damn nice. it, you're not going to last very long. Well, I mean, no. You're, uh, I feel like you'd be kind of stringy. I'm more of an hors d'oeuvre. I'm Is, not really a main course. Hortivore. You will yeah. always be my main course. <laughs> Thank you, Tiny. Tiny's our wag you over here. Yeah, Hell yeah. 
I'm marble, also, baby. Also, what I've done is I've armed all of you for if you're ever anywhere with any English nerds and people start asking you what your favorite poem is, you can embarrass everyone else for having a stupid favorite poem. <laughs> and you can just pull out magma tiered lord on them. You know, yeah, just and yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, and death stuff. I like Robert Frost, though. <laughs> no, but it was just funny. One time my uncle was like, because he's a songwriter, and so, you know, sometimes songwriters will look to poetry for some inspiration. And uh, he, he was just like, I'm embarrassed to show you my favorite poem now. I'm not about to show you my favorite poem. He wouldn't do it. What a nice place for a topic to go. A real place. A place of something... Yeah, sometimes I feel exists. like an a hole for doing that though. No, well, no. I mean, <laughs> no. honestly, the, the he was doing his best to, in his own way, drop a bomb. Yeah, because that was what he was wanting to do. He was almost, he was taking the the names in which people cry out for war and spitting in the face of that, spitting in the face of what you think is righteous enough to take other lives. That's what kind of seemed like to me at one point. Yeah. Um, so that's just what we'd be doing on Nerdy Through the Grapevine, dropping bombs. I mean, th- plutonium. Everybody's gone to the party. Marcus brought his own bomb today. You know, we <laughs> drop drop bombs like plutonium ode or the fact that Richard the Rooster thinks that Mace Windu is the chosen one. I mean, we got bombs just left and right. I mean, he's still wrong, but, you know, I love him anyway. I agree. That's why I named it Tinfoil Theories. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm I'm more often drop the F-bomb than any other type of bomb. I don't know how I'm so good at not doing that on this show, but everybody else has done it. I need a good F-bomb. Do it, you right, don't now. Drop Do it right now. Yeah, hit us with one. Hit us with a good one. Yeah. No, no, more no. feeling in it. Yeah, I need about fifteen percent more in that. I manifest your baptismal word. (laughs) (laughs) That was I felt that, and I loved every minute. Oh man, I'm in the upright and locked position. Yeah, I need to step out for a moment. So that brings us to me. I'm going to drop a bomb of my own making. (laughs) Oh no! Oh no! Hold on. Let me turn on the ceiling fan. Bathrooms that way. It's it's not that kind of bomb. Oh good. The fans. Or at least one fan has been clamoring for this to come back. What does clamoring sound like? It, it sounds like Otto's voice. I thought it to sounded be like specific. This. Because we all know what time it is. It's everyone's favorite time. It's Tiny's Terrible Tabs. So the first tab on my list. Okay. I mean, we've all, I assume we've all been to church at least once in our lives. Or heard someone talking about church, and we've all heard the word humble, but here in the South, people love to drop the H and say humble, like this humbled me. I'm feeling very humble. Well, what you're saying, the definition of the word humble is the edible viscera of an animal. So stop <laughs> saying it. You sound like an idiot. It's humble. There's an H. Without an H, you're talking about. Edible animal viscera. How many Southerners speaking ca- like Cogni? <laughs> it really humbled me. I heard it at church one morning, and I wanted to slap this lady. <laughs> but which is awful because she's a very nice lady. Oh, I can get it because you get that side mouth talk going on. It really humbled me. Well, no, the worst part is she said, "You know, I feel very humble to take up the offer today." And then she corrects herself. She said, "I'm very humble. I mean, humble." She corrected herself from the proper word to the improper word. So does wash have another meaning than wash? Ooh, let's check urban. No. It does. You are the expert, Tiny. I'm going to check urban. Not. I'm checking urban dictionary. That brings us to our second tab and skipping whatever they're doing. <laughs> uh, this article is called Behold the Falcon Sex Hat, a Species Saving Hump Helmet. What? Yes. So falcons are an endangered species and falcon handlers, whatever they're called, have designed this special hat for the male falcon. They they wear this hat, by the way, on top of their heads. The male falcon gets up there and there's a little video of it happening and it it just humps the crap out of this guy's head. (laughs) It's designed in such a way to capture the falcon semen 
so they can artificially inseminate female falcons to help propagate the species. Does it look like one of those beer hats with the two straws coming down? No, it's um. it's kind of like a wavy sombrero with a bunch of holes. So if you have that phobia of what the hell is that? That's a moth. That phobia of holes, which I can't think of at the moment. I know the phobia. Yeah, don't look at the hat then. Wash, a southern term meaning wash, mispronounced due to ignorance, accent, or slang. If there example, are silent P's, there are invisible R's. Ex- ex- example, get the wash mug. <laughs> the what? Get the wash mug. What the hell is a wash mug? The what you put your wash rag in. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I don't put any rags in mugs. But anyway, so... That's because you got running water. That's true. So going from the falcon hump hat, we have shade balls. What? Oh, go on. Exactly. You that's, hear that? You're like, what is a shade ball? That's a tattoo that won't hold its shape. Exactly. So shade balls are meant to conserve water, but they also can pose some problems. Um, there's a section of the L.A. River that is full of shade balls, which are the... If you, you, you see, We've all seen ball pits. So imagine ball pit balls, uh-huh. but they're black. And they're bigger, and the whole waterway is covered with them. It literally shades the waterway. It's uh, supposed to help keep it from evaporating and yada, yada, yada. Uh, so it's a very interesting article, and it's kind of telling you the pros and cons of shade balls. Because, you know, I saw a video on YouTube of a guy like, I'm going to swim in shade balls, and I'm like, hold on. Why would you do Before that? Before I watch you do this, I got to know what these are. And what did it do when he swam in the shade balls? He could not swim in them very well. No. It's like the people that want to get in swimming pools uh, full of Zorbies. Well, it, it just covers the top layer. It doesn't completely fill it because, you know, they're, they're hollow, but there's a little bit of water in there to make them be in the water the right amount where they don't just mm. go crazy and on top of each other and whatnot. The picture is actually kind of fascinating, and I'm hearing a lot of mouth sounds when I talk, so... <laughs> All you ASMR people enjoy that. <laughs> I also got into a conversation uh, a little while ago at work with my sous chef and some other people about what came first, Grimace or the butt plug. Uh, so naturally, that led to a couple of internet searches. <laughs> the butt plug is ancient. Yes. Like it, ancient. It ancient. is. They've been around for a long time. So the intimate history of the butt plug is one tab. Um, and it came out like, like you said, it's ancient. It came out way before Grimace. Oh, yeah. So I thought Grimace was the god that they worshipped every time they used the ancient butt plugs because of the facial expressions everybody would make. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. You're welcome. That was what I thought, too. <laughs> okay. Hold yeah. on, you can't ring the cannon bell. I have to ring it. Well, I didn't want to wait. There we go. I mean, I supported it. I supported it, so I <laughs> rang it behind you. Now the just like Grimace. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to find where it said what butt plugs were supposed to treat medically because they were invented as a medical device. Uh, Constipation. No, that would be a counterintuitive sh- measure. <laughs> well, not they if you stretch were... it out real good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, so now it'll just fall out. You don't got to worry about Bobby yeah, Brown having take, to help you fish it out. Take care like of that Whitney. elasticity for you. We don't need that. You don't need that elasticity. <laughs> so they came with a laundry list of ailments that they were supposed to treat headaches, <laughs> insomnia. <laughs> Hold on, it gets better. Bad breath. <laughs> what? Acne. Anemia, anorexia, hemorrhoids, nervousness, irritability, and cold extremities. Hemorrhoids? Yeah. No. I need to get one of these. And cold extremities. So if your arms and legs are cold, plug your bungus. Wow. That's because too much heat's escaping from somewhere in your body. It must be the hole. It must be. <laughs> Let's plug it up. Obviously. Bad breath makes sense. It's got the air for bad breath has to come in one end and it goes out your mouth. So yeah. plug the hole. Exactly. Here on Nerd of Grapevine, we plug the hole. Yeah. Life hack. Yeah. Butt uh, plug. Just wear a butt life, plug everywhere. Life, exactly. Life hack. Butt plug. equal fa- good breath. I finally found the year the butt plug came out in 1931. Grimace came out in i literally just looked at it uh 
1971. Oh. That's when Grimace first appeared. I just want to know that why nobody has ever really called him out on that. Like, why did nobody ever call out the fact that we had a giant purple dancing butt plug as a mascot for us to eat more French fries? He was also supposed to be the villain. And his, yeah, and his name's Grimace because, you know, if you're being plugged, I'm sure you're going to Grimace. <laughs> Especially if it's the size of Grimace. I know, right? Can you imagine inserting a big fuzzy butt plug? I thought he'd be a drug Maybe dealer Grimace? and be the McPlug. I don't know, be uh, awful. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I, the hamburger always looked like a user to me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. He, he was fiending for more burgers. than he was fiending for more than Bergs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some some marijuana. Oh some, yeah, he fiends for it. Some heroin, <laughs> some cocaine. Yeah, for the ham- some, that's some acid. Acai, like berries. Acai berries. He just yes. has to has he has to have his antioxidants. <laughs> take take, this, take this, you damn oxidants. <laughs> he needs to go visit the GNC pirate. <laughs> exactly. So I was also sent a short form video from a particular app for short form videos. Oh yeah. Yes. Now. We at Nerd Through the Grapevine do not claim any political affiliation or anything of that sort, but this video warrants mentioning because it's this old Ukrainian grandma. She's just it shows her out in the street. She walks up to this Russian soldier. She hands him some sunflower seeds. I saw this, and she's like, "Put these in your pocket, so when you're dead on our fucking land, something good will come." Yes, from you. Oh, I'm that's like. So mad. I'm that like, is so awesome. That woman is one of my new personal heroes. Honestly, Hell yeah. honestly, that's, that that was amazing. That's incredible. I was like, how? What? What do you say to that? This old grandma that's like, so when you die, you'll actually make the place look happen. better. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that she could have done that would be more metal than that would be to write a letter to her grandson in the soldier's blood, asking him why he hasn't <laughs> given her a great grandchild yet. <laughs> I mean, or or are you hungry? So, um, Ukrainian grandma, if you're looking for a man, hit me up because that's the kind of lady that I want in my life. Absolutely, that's not the truth. I know exactly what you get around older women and how that happens to you. That's not you. No, 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 no. So also, <laughs> there 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 is an Australian lady at my work, and so I decided to delve into her culture and learn some Australian slang. Oh boy, yeah. And some of it gets a little deep. Can we guess? Can you say yes, one and let absolutely. us guess? Absolutely. Bicky. Ooh, ooh, that's for her downstairs. No. Sounds like you're being bitchy. Sounds Bicker. like an argument, like a, a bickering like bickering. No. Yeah, it's gonna be oh, Bicky. No. Oh, the the golden flaky thing you eat for breakfast. <laughs> close. Yeah, that, you are so close. Bicky gravy. Bicky is short for biscuit. Oh, you got but, it. No, no, he oh, didn't get it. Okay. Oh, it's biscuit like cracker cookie. In Australia, they do not have biscuits. They have right. cookies, and they call them biscuits. So Bicky. So you cannot get a chicken Bicky because they'd look at you like, why would you put chicken on a cookie? So why do they call it the wrong thing though? I don't yeah, know. Why are they incorrect? I told yeah. her that her culture was just all jacked up. <laughs> and then she said some words that I couldn't decipher. She called you a shit, Becky. No. <laughs> so an- another one is Bogan. You must be Bogan. No. Outcast. No. Damn. I feel like but I plug. know what Bogan is. I don't know what Bogan Basically is. Basically an Australian redneck. Oh well, rednecks are outcasts. Yeah, my baby don't mess around. We got you love and that's enough. Yeah. All right. 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 If you're if you're not careful, I might chuck a sickie. Huh? Oh, that's vomit. That's vom. Close. It's a taking a sick day. Oh yeah. Chuck a sickie. Chuck a sickie. Yeah. Yeah. They, they use piss a lot too. I feel like they have some kind of fascination with golden showers. Like taking a piss is yeah, are you like, kidding me. Yeah, like taking the piss out of you. Yeah. Or like, huh? oh, this weekend we're gonna have a piss up. It's a party. <laughs> or like, I was so pissed last night. You we was know drunk. That one. Yeah, oh. like you, you're never angry. It never piss never has anything to do with anger. And I asked her. I said, is that some kind of like deep seated fetish that all of you <laughs> felons have? <laughs> 
<laughs> prison <laughs> colony. Yeah. Prison colony. I get it. It's yeah. funny. Uh, question. Would it be in the pride of Australian nature to have a video of somebody having their face, like their face peed on while I come from the land down under? Can you, can you feel, can you feel the thunder? I don't know. You better run. You better take cover. <laughs> but you can also crack the shits. Crack you, the shits? You do that yes. all the time in here. That's no, fart. it's totally different. Crack Tot- the shits isn't crack a fart? Crack the shits is not anything that you think it is. Is that getting into bed? No, it's to be pissed off or very angry at someone oh. or something. See, I thought it was like cracking the sheets. Right. You know, that's a that's a good way of saying I'm going to bed, right? I'm going to crack the sheets. Especially yeah. if you're... Uh, Going to bed. Exactly. <laughs> you put bunny ears on your fingers and put it around that. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> oh man! Ima- imagine just just having a cool Australian accent and looking at your like your lady and being like, "You want to go crack the sheets?" Mm. I think that would work. I, I, Tiny, you do a better Australian accent than me. Can you oh say, yeah, you do. Can, can you do that in a, like a <laughs> like a sexual Australian tone, asking somebody if they're ready to go crack the sheets? You want to go crack the sheets? That was Scottish. <laughs> Scottish. Just- Scottish as shit. I got a channel. I got, I got to say this. a word I can do really good first. Crikey. That's you want to go crack the sheets? It's just like when I do down under, I got to down under. I can't say it and not sound like that. How do you jump all the way across all of like the entire European continent and end up back in Scotland all the way from? Let's try it again. Got to go to Dury and crack some sheets. Still, I, 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 that was I Russian. don't know why. Man, I'm just not very you're, good at accents. You're, you're really good at Scottish, though. You're really good at Scottish. Apparently, what I'm trying to do Australian. I still feel fair like cracking the shits is a fart. That's fair dinkum. Fair dinkum? Yeah. Uh, that is a sliding scale on how you can get into the YMCA. I kind of like saying, you know, that's fair. <laughs> you got a good point. <laughs> I mean, I don't like that because every time I get onto one of those, I do dink it. I'm a very large man. I can't help it. Oh, I, no, I was talking about block. a sliding income scale. Yeah. Sliding uh, scale income. Because I was like, man, I got to grab that block and I just look him in the eye and I slide it all the way to the end. You know, the big block that gives you the hundos. Then you go grab a 45 pound plate from the weight room. <laughs> I and mean, you put it on one end, and you're like, you're going to obey me. That's I mean, why they put this stick at the end of this. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I could probably lift that person and twirl them like a baton. But, you know. What are you talking about? What person? I was talking about a 45-pound plate on the stick on the end of the. Yeah, I can twirl it like a baton. A it's, a, it's a circle. Yeah. I spin it like a plate or a basketball. I don't care. I can uh, Hold on. We're, I'm trying to see how a circle can make a circle while it's spinning in my I don't head. care. Call the cops. <laughs> Disregard the constable. <laughs> oh, God. Derailing. Disregard okay. the constable is f*** the police. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> have, have any of y'all ever wanted to wear budgie smugglers? No, I don't know. Is that a cup? No. Is it a is it a male bikini? Ish. Speedo? Yeah. Oh, nice. I mean, I've wore some budgie smugglers. <laughs> I used to have a friend that only budgie? that only yeah. wore budgie smugglers. B U D G Y. Budgie <laughs> smugglers. If you knew the friend, you wouldn't be surprised that he only wore those. Yeah. But he loved them. I mean, you now know, he's a doctor. Using these few simple phrases that I've taught you today that you should play on repeat, you too can sound like an Aussie or a Scottish person. Crocking the sheets. Crocking the shits. <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> I, I, oh, wow. I well, I, uh, they say world weird. Member. Member. Crocking the shits. <laughs> What's, how does it go so quickly? <laughs> Crikey. My budgies are itching. Budgie smugglers. I can't Cracking do it. The shits. I guess in the Scottish. I, I don't, I, oh, just remember tonight when you're cracking the sheets, you've got us playing over the speaker in your room on Spotify and iTunes and wherever it is that you're listening to us. Even Audible. We're there too. Give us a rating. Make it five stars. Anything less. Uh... Tiny's accent will become even more Scottish and he will not be recognizable by those that love him. And you don't want to do that to him because many people love him. 
And you can even give a description under that five-star rating about telling people what we're about. Um, if you hate us, give us five stars. Tell people why you hate us. But the five stars really matter. And then you can go to Teespring, which a link is provided in this description, and get a uh, piece of clothing or item with us on it so we can be on your body at all times. Tiny just recently ordered a, or in your body. a hoodie. Oh, oh, are we coming out with... Yeah, uh, we'll think yeah, about we it. Are. We'll think uh, about it. We'll come out with some grimaces. Gr- some great fine Benoit beads. <laughs> I just want a cluster of grapes where the diamond goes. <laughs> we got some work to do. Yeah, we do. And if you want to get on some social media and talk about what you would like to see on the custom nerd it through the great vine Benoit beads. <laughs> You can get on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching at Nerd Grapevine. Or if you wanted to get on Patreon and look up Best Friends Period, Tiny Ink Period, you'd be able to donate a little bit to the cause, get a Nerd It Through the Grapevine holographic sticker as our thank you, as well as be able to unlock content that you have not heard on this show. And I'm excited about that kind of stuff because we've got so much. It's not ready. It's just there. But you'll be the first ones to be able to get oh, it. Oh, it's cooking. It's in the oven. It's 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 bre- on three fifty. It's brewing so heavy that you that you're basically clocking the shakes. <laughs> See, it does turn Scottish, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And that causes my brain a little bit of <clears throat> So <laughs> while you're out and about cracking the shits, taking the piss out of people and having your piss ups. <laughs> You should make your own way down to the description of wherever you're listening to us at. Listen to the soothing sound of my voice. Go into the description. Go down under. Enter the wild bush country and click on that link that brings you to our Discord. Join the Backyard Bonanza. Be part of the conversation. Tell us if you've ever been f***ing or been f***ed. Hold on one minute. Hold on one minute. How did that? How did that go? <laughs> That's was that a tab that didn't make it into the tabs? Yes. Also, I knew it. I, knew it. <laughs> I hope nobody knows what that means. I hope they do. So click on that link in the description. Join the backyard bonanza, and like I said, tell us if you have been or have been or have done. F- tell us if you're australian tell us if you're from new zealand we just want to get to know you and be your friends there's a meme channel there's a a malcolm thing where you can just like talk about how much you hate and or love him be a raisin i don't care just just click the link where they're live uncut uncensored fully circumcised and sometimes we even stream movies it's a great time okay austin when life gives you grapes (sighs) when life gives me grapes i will take those grapes i will put them under a microphone and i will rub them together gently so you can hear the gentle squishing sounds of the grapes rubbing against each other just ever so gently but then i will take that sound and i will put it through a an editor on the computer so you can fall asleep to it it's gentle and soothing and it also sounds just like bobby cox Whenever he's talking to an umpire. And you can just sit there and feel like I'm about to be thrown out of this consciousness. Do they have a similar sound to when you rub two pickles together, skin to skin? It It is it is a similar sound. Just a little less wet? It, it's more squeaky, though. Maybe like hard balloons. Or a thick ghost. If no. you take two <laughs> thick ghosts ghost. and rub them together, that's what grapes <laughs> sound like. That makes so much sense. Fair <laughs> <Dinkum>. <laughs>